let's pray, and then there's about ten little things to talk about, and uh, we'll go from there. So it's the third Sunday in Advent. You noticed, um, you know, the, the pastors, you know, kind of uh, outside their normal zone of color comfort. Uh, <laughs> you know, you try, but it is, you know, uh, and if you have an Advent wreath, it, it, the third Sunday is the, hey, we're getting close, and we're halfway through, and life's good, and we're on the way. Remind me to talk about Advent wreath and Christmas tree and kids and trips and anything else after the prayer. There's a ton of stuff to talk about. But, um, you know, it's a very nice Sunday in the church here. I will say, even before I pray, because I forgot to say this last week, the music has been genius the last couple weeks, don't you think? I mean, it really has been quite remarkable. Um, and, you know, we're trying, to find our, we're trying to find our rhythm, you know, and we're getting a lot closer Things are starting to come a little easier. We don't have to think quite so much. We can just sort of be in the service, and you know, things are just kind of all fitting together. And it, it takes a ton of work. I mean, those musicians, and they're trying to figure out what we're doing, and we're kind of listening for them. And you know, they still want to go to the Eucharist, and things work all around. But it's just been really very spectacular. Um, you know, we're getting we're getting better. So that's a that's a really good sign in a new space. So let's pray, and then we can talk about a few more things. It's Advent three. Laudate, rejoice, you know, this is great. Prepare the way of the Lord. Behold, the Lord comes with might. Isaiah 40, verse 3 and 10. O Lord, accept our prayers and listen to our supplications and grant that we listen to you and heed the call of John the baptizer to prepare the way for your son and when he arrives to receive him into our hearts that we may become his children. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Gosh, that was nice. Okay, uh, so we're Advent 3. A couple of little things. Um, Dr. Scare was just here. Some of you have traveled with him before. He's going to Eastern Europe. If you want to go to Eastern Europe and have some fun and think you can take, you know, 10 days of David Scare, sign up. Okay? Uh, I love that guy. I hope he's, no, he'll, he would never listen to this on the website, so I'm completely safe. Uh, <laughs> The other thing is, um, Art Just is going to the Holy Land in the fall. I was actually, this will be just out of curiosity. If we ran a Holy Land trip, how many of you would go? Just raise your hands real quick. All right, well, that's very interesting. I was supposed to go on this trip, and I, I was supposed to be the third host, and I bailed out of it because I just felt like, even though it's next November, it was still too close to the opening and blah, blah. Maybe someday we'll go, you know, maybe in a year or so. I, I was there. I spent... Uh, summer studying in Jerusalem and in Israel from, you know, crawling around in tombs to going to Egypt and uh, being in the middle of the Great Pyramid and then all the way down to Aswan. So I've been kind of all over that area, and it is very, very interesting. But it's, it's, a, it's, a, more, it's a little more of a rigorous trip. Um, I just felt this was in planning, obviously, you know, three or four months ago. And at that point, we were just opening, and I just, there were just too many things coming at us, and I couldn't really judge what it would be like. However, if you want to go, both the guys who are here, Pete Ladick, great pastor from California, great guy. I mean, he's just a great guy. And, and Pastor Just, who will be here next week to preach, and then I'm hoping he'll do Bible study as well. We're still kind of negotiating time and how that will all work. But he'll be here next week. So I only have a couple of brochures back there, but I held two. So if you're interested, take a brochure, and I'll still have the data. Um, they're on the back thing back there, okay? All right, a little bit about a lot of things. Um, this morning... For me, and you know, I know this is slightly preference, but you know, I'm, I'm here a lot, and you know, I work here, but you're here too. For me, that was just about the right amount of kid noise. Okay, 
Now, here's, I had a couple of moms. I had two moms at least who came and said, I hope my kid wasn't too noisy. I'll just tell you, for my taste, they were just letting you know that they were in the service, right? And there were a few, in fact, the, you know, the best moment of the day for me was when I gave a younger kid the body of Christ, and he said, yippee. <laughs> I'm like, you know what? That is exactly, that is exactly the response we are looking for. I mean, if you say the body of Christ is something, they go, yippee, that's like, that's okay, that's kid talk for amen. That's completely, that's exactly where we want to go. So I real, and it was very interesting this morning, there was no period of silence. There was, there was talk from kids all the way through. It's okay. I mean, it's okay. We know it's okay. You want those kids in? If you've got a kid, I'm telling you, we want you in. Nobody was at the blood-curdling scream level, which is the level at which you take your kid out. We were exactly where we want to be. So I'm just, that, was, that felt really good. A um, couple other things. I'm just trying to think about things. We're still working with um, the speakers and stuff. Now, here's the thing. The speaker guys came out. We're still adjusting. But the next two bump-ups are $22,000 and $35,000, which is basically, and you know, even if you have the, a modicum of experience with this, you, what you want is you want more speakers that are turned more softly, right? right? So you want more speakers that are softly. Of course, speakers are extraordinarily expensive, as is wiring them, hanging from the ceiling. We're going to try some things. Um, I got a few things up my sleeve. We're going to try some stuff. Please be patient. We're going to try to speak more slowly. Our rhythm, this is what we're doing. If it's printed for you, we're going to speak more, more quickly, if it's not printed, so a sermon, for example, we're going to try to speak more slowly. We're still trying to get out in an hour, and we were, 20, we were 59 minutes and 30 seconds when we came out, which is exactly where we want to be today. We were exactly where we want to be. We got started on time. We ended on time. You had a lot of time to drink coffee. That's what we're aiming at. Still okay? So the speaker thing we're working on. The windows thing, too. We're meeting with two. I know some of you are very interested in the windows going in. It's very difficult... What's happened, basically, is because of the recession, a lot of the smaller independents have gone out of business, and we're not a big fish, so the smaller guys are going out of business, and the bigger guys don't want to mess with us. Does that make sense? So we're sort of caught in this middle ground. We're meeting again with two people again this week to try to get bids to make the windows work. I know a lot of you gave money. When we get the plan and we have a solid number per window we will do that i know people have asked about that we're doing our best we're not a big fish and a lot of folks have gone out of business and it's a pretty big deal just so you know the windows when they were appraised by the insurer last time around were appraised at a million dollars for all the stained glass so it's got to be right we can't have somebody come in who's an amateur and try to take the windows apart because if they break that's not good that's a c minus or maybe a d okay so that's not what we're going for. So there is motion going. So there's motion going at the speakers. There's motion going at the liturgy, the music, kids, uh, stained glass, advent wreath. Why didn't we have an advent wreath? Two reasons. Um, one is I don't quite know where to put it. So that's a, real, that's a real question. Where does it go? Because we designed this to work, and there's motion everywhere, but there's not a lot of free space. So where does it go? So one is we have to figure out where to put one. It dishonors it, well, I put it as a question. Does it dishonor an advent wreath to have it outside the um, nave? No. So, well, if it was in the narthex, would you feel like, well, they're not paying enough attention to that, or would it be okay in the narthex? So 
I'm just trying to figure these kind of things out. I'm trying to feel. The other thing is it costs money. Okay, so I'm just sort of. We basically spend every dime. That was what the congregation told us to do. But really, we have about two dimes left in that account. So now things will get um, built and bought. And the previous one, really, the last two years has been broken, and it was really held together with tape and wax. So we decided not to, you know, kind of. So I get the advent thing. I'm fine with it. It's great, you know, the circle of eternity and the wreaths and the candles light and they're different colors and it really marks time, which is a great way to use candles. I get that. I don't quite know where to put it because I don't want to offend. I also don't want to get in the way of things that are working as we figure out what to do. And the second is it's going to cost some money and probably my sense is we probably would ask the guy who has built, Marson, who's done a lot of iron work, maybe to build us one. He's kind of building in pieces, but you actually have to pay a guy when he does that, especially small guys. You got to keep paying them. Christmas trees. So here was what I learned this year. So you tell me. So I'm th- Christmas trees. How much does an 18-foot Christmas tree cost for the sanctuary? Very close, five thousand. So I was like, yeah, let's get a Christmas tree. And then uh, you know, one of you did the research for me, and they're like, okay, what you want will be five thousand dollars. I'm like, now basically, you have to have a Christmas tree that is full because it has to hold the room, right? It's got to hold the room. It's got to be full. It's got to be, and it's got to be pre-lit because I don't want any of you guys up on a, you know, trying to hang the, because I watched National Lampoon's Christmas last night. I did. And I'm thinking, hey, that's just what the sanctuary is going to look like, okay? So here's my guess. I, again, have got somebody working on this who's very kind, who's like, I think maybe I can solve this for you. I don't know. Um, maybe there'll be a Christmas tree, maybe there won't. My guess is there probably won't be this year, and part of it is because we're in kind of a belt-tightening mode. We are going to get to black ink. You know, we're going to get to black ink. It's been very difficult, um, and every time, I'll just tell you, John Crow should be St. John Crow, because uh, every two weeks, the guy comes in and says to me, you know, we've got to push this and jiggle that and move that, and maybe it'll all work out for another two weeks. Now, it's, gonna, it's getting better. So I just kind of put this to you. Will you please um, tend your giving and square up at the end of the year? You know, figure out what you've made. I know bonuses come. I know some of you don't get paid till the end. Have a good look. Give 10% off the top. My dream, you know, in a year or two or three, whenever, whatever it takes, my dream will be that we will have voters means that we will say, this is what it costs to run St. John. Now there's this big pile of money. Where do you want to spend it? That's where we're going for. Do you like? You want to go spend it on the Russians? You want to go to Ghana? You want to go to Cambridge? You want to go somewhere else? There's plenty of places you want to do. The Baltic skies we're supporting. By the way, finally, I think now in the basket, People's Resource Center, which is just like a year-long Christmas sharing. People's Resource Center is where we send people for food and clothing and other things. They have a matching grant for a bunch of money. I recall $150,000. But if you put $150,000 in here. They'll love you, and I'll come talk to you. So, um, <laughs> you know, but put money in. It'll be given to People's Resource Center, which ba- it provides the basics, food and clothing. Um, Karen, I see you, and I'm going to come to you. I'm just got to, I got to take a breath at some point, so then I'm going to come to you, okay? So it provides food and clothing. Speaking of food and clothing, I don't know if there's anything more fun than Christmas sharing. I mean, I just don't know if there's anything more fun than Friday night or Saturday morning Christmas sharing. 155 families, and I know that a lot of you put a lot of time in. You brought stuff. I would guess, you know, I asked, I sent Carol an email. So a little round of applause for Carol Holter, I think, probably, right? (laughs) 
I mean, that is really the example of finding your spot and working your spot. There were probably, I would guess, you know, two or three hundred people from church who did different things, from bringing donations to setting up to sorting to helping on night of to cleaning up. I mean, if you have, you know, five hundred people here on on the weekend, and if you have, you know, seven hundred people through the week for people who come to, but you have two or three hundred people help on a volunteer. I mean, if you're a pastor, you've died and gone to heaven. Because you have half of the people who show up on Sunday or through the week working on a volunteer thing. I mean, it was like when we had the landscaping. Probably the best evangelism move that we've done here in the last year is the landscaping day. You can't believe the number of people who have gone by and said, how would you get 125 people to work in one day? Or it was so cool to see your whole congregation working together. Or the place looks so much better, right? So it's just remarkable what those kinds of things do. Noisy kids, vestments, advent wreath, Christmas tree. I'm trying to think of what else. Um, is there anything else I should be saying, talking about? That's going to be the last. That's going to be the big finish. So thank you very much. Could be a guy with a knife. Turn around. I've seen this on the Three Stooges. They always want the guy to turn around. He doesn't turn around. Then they get him. If he does, there's nobody there. And Karen. Listen, if you, I, my suggestion to you is to play the lottery, because that's the kind of money we're looking for, Karen. <laughs> I mean, I, right? Um, it's possible. Here's the thing. What we, do, what we need to do is focus on a lot of bigger projects, rather than, I mean, a few bigger projects than a lot of smaller projects, because the numbers get very big. You know, for example, to move the windows, it's going to be something like a quarter million dollars. That's the initial thing, so we know that'll go to 300000 or, you know, to sell the pieces of land. Those are big things that when they change, kind of our landscape will change. So what we have to do when we try to get you to, and it's well-intentioned. I mean, so here's the thing. The people who did the gospel Christmas tree, and by the way, um, Carol Tonys, if you're here, I'll apologize if I, but basically what you do is you, you um, give money to other people there. Or the greens, you know, there's a little note that $500 came. That's a great thing. Because the awareness is almost better than the money. So what we have to do is, we have to, you're all very busy people with a lot of talent. What we have to do is we have to get you focused on something where it's a big blast, and then we let you rest and go back to the rest of your life. Christmas Sherry is a great example of that. The windows are a great example. We're trying to learn how to make the best use of you. That's what we need to do. Okay. So anyway, um, if you have questions about anything like why wasn't there a Christmas tree or why wasn't there an Advent wreath or why don't we do this or why don't we do that, we're thinking about it. There's also stuff we may have missed, so you know, let, us, let us know about that. But we had to have this big burst to get moved in, and now we have to live in our space and kind of figure it out. So the sound, the Christmas tree, the Advent candles, how we move, you know, da-da-da, all of that kind of stuff. And that sort of ties back all the way back in with the Bible study. Yes, please. Uh, probably front right, where nobody sits. So it's about, you know, those, we don't usually sit in those places. I mean, it could be front left, too. No, no, front, front, uh, no, like in chairs. The chairs move way front right. The roof there, the roof line there is, you know, I can't remember exactly, 24 feet at the, at the 20, 26 feet, 26 feet there. So you have to have enough tree that holds it without, it gets bigger as it goes down, without eliminating a lot. So you have to, like, do, and you have to say, like, will this hold it, and how are we going to do that, and what will it look like, and, I mean, if a 15-foot tree is $5,000, then a 20-foot tree is going to be the mortgage on a new house, you know, (laughs) 
And so you have to think about all those things. And then what will happen is somebody will always say, well, I'll give you the $10,000 for a tree. And then what we have to say is, yeah, but that's not the biggest thing. You know, maybe we go without a tree this year and we pay some of the contractors who we still owe money to, you know. Those are the kind of things we have to, we have to think about. So we have to get you enthused and we have to temper your enthusiasm. It has to be directed in the right way, which is why you have pastors and staff. That's what you do. you got all these talented people with all this money and all this energy and to get you all, you know, you know the expression herding cats, Yes. So, you know, to, to get you all pointed at the same thing for the good of the whole place. Again, Christmas sharing is a great example of that. You know, I don't know how Carol does it, because I'm sure people are giving her advice all the time, but she's somehow able to marshal all these people and all these resources. And 150 families who, if you were there, they're all different. One is they're all speaking different languages. My wife had somebody from Burma who spoke no English. You know, you got all the way that to people who are very polite to people who are very disappointed to even some people who are irritated and don't like to have somebody else cut in line in front of them, right? It's the whole range of people. And I just let me just say one other thing about it. Every year you all get better and better. You know what was cool? In the first years, I'll just be real honest with you, this is real pastoral challenge. The first year we did this, I remember that some people came up in pretty nice cars. And some of the people who were volunteering are kind of like, why are they here? Getting money when they're dri- or getting getting clothes and food when they're driving that car. What's the answer? Well, it's either I don't know or they're homeless and they're living in their car. When we explored it a little bit, what we found out is, yeah, there are people who are quite well to do. The last asset they have is a car and they're living in it. What was really interesting this year is, among you who worked, I noticed a, a very generous spirit. I mean, it's utterly not judgmental. Friday night, you know, I had class on Saturday morning, so I didn't get to see as much. But I can just tell you, Friday night, the positive vibe that the volunteers sent off was reflected in people who were coming with open hands, and they were respected, and they knew they were respected. And that was an amazing thing. You know, our people were servants to people who are used to being crushed down. And it was just, it was palpable. You walked in, people were happy, they felt respected, they returned the respect, people were very patient in line, they got their stuff, they were, it was just, it was great. So that's what we're aiming at. Make sense? That's right, we can kind of work toward things. Absolutely right. And there is a lot of things to dream for. There's, there's artwork and banners and fix-up and lights and speakers and Christmas trees and Advent wreaths, there's all these things. What we can't do... And what we haven't done, so I compliment you on this, what we can't do is have individuals come in and just you know, drop off a Christmas tree that they bought, and why don't you put that up? What we can't do is have everything has to be coordinated, but we've really learned to do that well over the past few years. I mean, people are very respectful, and they sort of say, how about this or how about that, to which we are, for which we are very grateful. And you know, churches don't always work that way. So it's another cool thing about St. John that people are growing more and more respectful of each other. It's really, really, really good. Okay? Th- so thanks for that. Karen, one more thing. Yes? Really? Well, could you move up a little closer? So in sh- in, she's a Schrott, and in Germany, people, Schrotts have a lot of money. This is a very interesting story. We, we want to hear more. We're hoping you own a castle and are going to deed it over to us here any second. Although you did see in the news yesterday that the Queen was put on a budget, the Queen of England. Yes, what a great sadness. So, um, yes, right.
That's right. Well, if you find that you have a long-lost uncle somewhere who needs a, who needs a charity to support, call me, okay? <laughs> I'm your guy. Michael? Thank you. Um, we're we're kind of hoping you don't notice. I mean, so we have this double thing. No, it, it really is a double thing. Part of it is, if we don't let you notice, then you'll think everything is okay. And I can tell you, you know, it's not okay because we've got, you know, we've absorbed in the last 30 days four jobs. We've each absorbed an extra job, which is a lot. On the other hand, I'm just real honestly, you don't come to be distracted on Sunday. Your lives are very busy. You work very hard. And what you want to come and find here is people who are calm and peaceful and happy. That's what you want, right? So it's this very difficult, and I'll just tell you, um, you should be especially grateful for your elders and also for your governing board, because what happens is, as one governing board person said to me even today, I never knew that was going to happen when I walked into a governing board meeting. Because all the, all the stuff, you know how Disneyland works? You know, there's the cool thing above, and then they have all the floors below where they're changing things out and moving. That's what this place is like. So what you should come, what you should come and is be completely peaceful. But part of the deal is when you find your spot and we make use of you, yeah, it's all, you know, you're going to see all this other, you know, somebody's got to get grease on the gears and that's messy and make things and move things around. So our goal, this is the whole thing in find your spot, work your spot. Our goal is that we ease everybody into a spot and basically you keep pushing the organization and the calmness down until at some point all the internal machinery is very calm, as is the final product on top. And that's when you're truly authentic about the place that you have, right? So we've got some work to do, but I will say the economy is very tough. People have lost jobs. People who are working are very stressed. People who are not working wish they could have a job where they were very stressed. I mean, that's true. Is it not true? You know, the world is in a tizzy. You know, every day you wake up and the stock market's up and down and we don't know what's happening in Europe and you can't tell what's going on. This has to be the place where we know what's going on, which is Jesus loves you, he cares for you, he builds you into a community, he gives you his gifts. And your response then collectively is, yes, I'll tithe and be generous. Yes, I'll give some of my time. Yes, I'll be respectful of other people. Yes, I'll help people who are less fortunate than I am. Yes, I'll live the Christian life. The cool thing is, is that's breaking out all over the place. I mean, Christmas sharing is just one example, but it, it's, it's all over the place. So I just want to say to you, that kind of sensitivity to us goes a very, very long way because we're trying really hard. And for you to know that we're trying hard, then we don't have to tell you that. And then we can move on to just getting some work done. And then if things happen, like we don't get a Christmas tree up, but I can tell you why, you know, maybe next year. You know, maybe next year it'll work out. It's not because we don't like Christmas trees. It's because, you know, we probably have $5,000 that we should pay to, you know, the metal worker or the light guy that we still owe some money to for moving in and, or extra stuff. So we're going to be calm. You come for calmness and joy. We've got work to do. But the good news is things are all working. Make sense? It's all going in the right direction. Maintain that. Be kind to each other. Be generous. Volunteer where you can. We're trying to, I mean, this is where we started. We're trying to build a culture we're trying to build a particular kind of community. And I'll just give you the next step then. The next step is, what I want is a community where you're so excited, you go out and bring people in and say, you should come to my church. Because people come to churches because of you, not because of me. They come to church because you say to them, my church is calm, my church is generous, my church is a community, my church works together. Because people don't have that in the world. 
So we're trying to build a culture where you do that, where you live that, and comfortably so. From 9.30 to 10 today was about the best half hour we've had all week, except for Christmas sharing in the Eucharist. But if you walk out there at 9.30 and everybody's talking and the kids are free and nobody's punching anybody and rolling around the floor and, you know, oh, well, there are a couple of them. But, uh, you know, you've got people who are all looking at each other and loving each other and Rich is up there trying to make sure that everybody who needs a speaker's got one. So he's sitting there calmly and that's good. And, you know, the vicar's tearing around trying to make sure that everything's going to work. All of that stuff, you know, it's all pulling in the same direction. The goal is that we get a rhythm that is calm and generous and sustainable and merciful, that you'll say to people, wow, your life's blown up, you should come to my church. Because you can't have people walk in the door from a blowing up world and have a blowing up church. You can't. But if your congregation is the one that's calm and beautiful, that's where people are going to come. Makes sense, doesn't it? This is easy stuff, you all know this, but you've got to remind yourself week after week. Make sense? Anything else? Yes. Yes. I I know that you're German and that they like those in Germany. And you'd be the you'd be the second German who asked me about it. And Gunter wasn't the first. So Yeah. Yes, the dripping. Oh, yes, right. Well, we'll have to figure this out. Yeah. Okay, so dripping candles. We should just take this up because suddenly you sat down and since we've had a couple of Tizay services, if you look down, there's the odd drip places, right? Okay, so here's the deal. Um, did Gunter ever buy you a dress that was so nice you were afraid to wear it? No, that is the perfect example. So Gunter loves you so well, and he knows you so thoroughly that he bought you the, just the perfect dress that you would wear. It's a win-win, Gunter, it really is. So it's exactly the same way. In the, so you have these beautiful pews and this great floor. Here's a secret. It's a workspace. We're trying to get work done. Same at the altar. You, know, you go there with fear and trepidation, but we're trying to get work done. And there's always this thing between, you could have no candles, but then you never have candlelight. You could have no kids, but then you don't have any members. You could have, you see where this is going? So it's always this, you're exactly right. There's this place where we're respectful and useful, right? We're respectful of the space and we use it. The pyramids, you know, they cost a ton of money. In 10 or 15 years, they're going to be worn out, and you've got to buy new ones. But for that 10 or 15 years, we've got to have great fun. So what we have to do with the pews, for example, in the wood, you have to be very careful how you get it off. But we don't want to be so... And, and of course, here's the thing. You can use oil candles. But the other thing with oil candles is when the oil drips, if you make a mistake, that's even worse because you can never get the oil up. So we have these, you know... A little, yeah, you can put the candles in a, in a more plastic thing, but it's a little more, yeah, everything is a little, and here's the other thing, as somebody said to me about, you know, so we actually learned for Christmas Eve last year, somebody said, so you gave me an 18-inch candle, I burned it all the way down until I had to throw it on the floor and stomp on it to keep my pants from catching on fire. <laughs> That's me being a pastor. I'm like, okay, well, we might not burn them quite so long this year. So one of the things that we'll probably do, and if you, you know, we probably won't have the candles lit, Quite as, quite as long uh, this year. But yeah, I get that. And the other thing is, just to be real honest, 
we got to try things in order for them to work. You know, you know, sometimes we're like, we make mistakes and we don't quite get it right or that wasn't such a great idea. When, I, when anybody comes to the altar to work, we try to say there's an easy reverence, which is we are reverent, but we're not so bound that we can never enjoy it or use it. Or, so there's more of a, you know, this big circle that we try to live within, and if we get over the margins, then we say, well, that probably wasn't a great idea, but we're trying... We're trying to live in the space. It's kind of like, I'll tell you, even stuff like downstairs, like, are we going to put carpet in or not? Or, I don't know if you know, but the Bible church didn't let people drink coffee on this level. Did you know that? They had to go downstairs for coffee. Why did they do that? Yeah, they didn't want to clean the carpet every week. I'm not being critical of them. That's just one decision. So they trained their entire congregation to go to the basement to drink coffee. Now, the problem is, if I try to train all of you to go to the basement to drink coffee... It's impossible. You would just go home and drink coffee. You see, so every so John says, I'll put in this carpet. It'll last five years. In five years, we'll clean it whenever it needs to be cleaned. In five years, we'll pull it out. See, that's kind of a normal kind of extension of how you pastorally care for people because you have to create a space where they love each other. The building always wins. I mean, it is true. The building always wins. The architecture always wins. The building always wins. It does. It's bigger than you, it's bigger than me, which is why you put such care into the building. Because the building is going to be here long after you and I hear the building always wins. It does. We are shaped by the space that we're in. We're shaped by beauty. We're shaped by logistics. We're shaped by rhythm. All this stuff we're trying to pay attention to. And it comes out in all these little ways, you know, from candles to vestments to moving. Make sense? To even having kids. You shape in your congregation by whether or not you let kids in your congregation. If you tell your kids to. When I came to St. John, you had children's church. And I don't mean this as a bust on the previous thing. I'm just going to tell you the position it put me in. My first confirmation class was about 13 kids. Ten of them had never been to church. And I was supposed to confirm them. Why had they never been to church? Because you had children's church, and they always went out to church. So now what, I was going to magically flip a switch and say, you're confirmed, now come to church every Sunday? No, the reason you put that kid right there in church, that kid who was a little more noisy this morning than normal, <laughs> but right at the proper level, that kid should grow up never knowing a time she wasn't in church. Right? She should never know a time when she wasn't. Church is what you do on Sunday. That's what you do. Yes, Don? That's the best, isn't it? That is the best. And even if they're a little behind, they're like, hey, it's in them. Right? That's what you want. It was it might have been very odd. So see, even I mean, everything from the coffee maker to the microphones to the colors of the, it's all it's all trying to pull in at one package. That's what we're doing. And that's why, you know, just one last thing. I still when I walk in there, I'm stunned at the amount of work that volunteers did, that they did on weekends, that they did on Mondays, that they did through the week. The other thing I'm stunned about is that nobody got hurt. You know, all the sharp things that were flying around in the high places, people were hanging like this, trying to do this, and everybody's got all their fingers still? I mean, it's actually pretty stunning, the amount of work and heavy-duty work, up and down and sharp stuff, and you know, you're doing all that stuff, and everybody's fine. We didn't have, we didn't have, that's really quite remarkable. That's divine sort of protection toward a divine good thing, okay? Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. They smile. Absolutely they do. And they respond. Absolutely. 
They, so I'm going to give you two bits of information on that. One is he said he's, he's taken to looking at kids and smiling at them when they come back, and kids smile back. So here's what we're going to do. Here's what we're going to do, because you and I are roughly the same age and the same sort of thing. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to smile at kids, and we're going to engage kids. And I'm just going to say this, given the rest of the world. We're not going to ever engage them without their parents, which you're not doing it, right? And you're sensitive to this, too. So I'm never going to be alone with your kid, but I am going to ask your kid if your kid wants to hung me after the service. And I'm going to go down on their level. I'm going to try to look in their eyes. I'm going to try to talk to them because I want to be their friend. I want to be their pastor, and you want to be their friend. The other thing is, though, you're not going to be alone in a car, in a bathroom, in a classroom, or anyplace else with them because what will happen is, is then parents will be nervous or it's going to put us in a bad place, right? So that, and that just kind of goes for everybody here. You should be kind to kids, but you should never be alone with kids. It's very, it's very, it's, it's very, you know, it's this fine thing. We can have both things if we're careful. Absolutely. Because here's the thing. I just talked to, um, I, I actually don't want to go too far. I just talked to somebody who is a very accomplished professional in Wheaton, and I said, where are you going to church? And they said, we used to go there, but now we're going here. I'm like, you were so happy at your other church, and you were so involved. Why'd you leave? They said, yeah, my kids wanted to go over there. I'm like, you know, I mean, well, you've heard me give this speech before about why we let, you know, why don't you let your kid, like, um, decide who your, why don't you let your kid do your taxes or decide your 401k? <laughs> why would you let your kid decide the most important thing, where you're going to go to church? But he said, well, my, all my daughter's friends go to church there. So they actually switched churches from being very active just because their teenage daughter said, well, I'll go to church if we go over there. There's something a little weird about that, but understandable. So clearly what we're trying to do, the whole pastor chat thing, what we're trying to do is we're trying to build this coalition of little hood rats who all know each other and who will be comfortable here and are comfortable with us, and this is their spot. So when they get out another four, five, six years, we're the place where people are transferring because their kids want to be here. Now we go back to Mike's thing, and you'll remember that Pastor Nelson wasn't called as the, as the youth pastor. He was called as something else and blah, blah, and, you know, blah, 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 blah. So there's a lot of stuff to do. Yeah. Absolutely. And I actually take your suggestion because there's not enough of me to do it all. There's not enough of me. There's tons of you, and you're all very talented and kind. And besides that, that's what builds the community. I'm not the community. This is the community. I'm not the community. No, no individual here is the community, right? Wow, that was a long little announcement. Um, <laughs> here's the thing, though. If, you don't, if I don't say all of this stuff out loud, I mean, this really is. I mean, and maybe it's good every 10 years to say this kind of stuff, because if I don't say this out loud you won't know that this is what we're thinking about and you won't know why we're doing what we're doing. You know, this is the reason, this is the reason we do it. Make sense? Okay, so I'm 0 for 2 on the gospel book and the cross. Um, you know what, we'll do this, we, I, we should do this next week. We will do this. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to do this next week. Will you please do me a favor? I never know how many of these outlines to run. Will you take yours with you? I'll run a few more, but I hate to just waste paper. Bring them back. We're going to do this next week, and then, uh, then we're going to take a couple of weeks off. We'll be off for Christmas weekend, New Year's weekend. And then on January the 8th, Carol um, Heidorn, thank you very much. I was going, hold her, hold her Heidorn. Hold her. I was in my head. I'm like, i got to get the right one. Carol Heidorn is kind of, um, and I think with Larry, Larry Lee and Carol are setting up um, a thing in 
all department heads. But you guys, have, well, you dreamed it up and you've kind of drummed them all in now, right? So uh, we'll have a thing January 8th um, in the gym about uh, things that are going on, places you can volunteer. It'll just be information about what's, what's cooking at St. John and places where you can find your spot. Is that correct? Okay, good. And so, you know, I don't want to announce for you, but it, are people, like, do people, do people in the congregation who have groups and stuff, are they all being engaged? Do they know you're doing this? If, if people found you in advance of that, you'd, that would be happy. You'd make you happy. Yes, it would. Perfect. So if you're running something, you're going to get an email. If you don't get an email, it's not that we don't love you. It means that something glitched. But And find Carol. I mean, now's the time to say my group wants a table or a space at the place, right? Okay, good. I just want to make sure we all got it on the same page. All right? Um, maybe you, yes, my friend. Yes, gifts for grace. Yes, we can. Do you want to say something or you want me to say something? Perfect. That stuff happens. That's all okay. You're way ahead of the game. You know that we always do two things right at Christmas time, kind of before Christmas. You know, Adventish is Christmas sharing. And then into Christmas and after Christmas is gifts for grace. There'll be a board. You tear off the thing. You go buy it and you bring it back gift wrapped if you can. The year we got the snake, it was hard to gift wrap. Uh, but they had asked for a snake for the science class, and somebody actually brought them a snake. So, I mean, not gift wrap, but they did bring them a snake. Uh, but you know what? So before Christmas, and we will, you know, because we know you can't pay attention to a lot of things all at once, you know, we really focus on uh, Christmas sharing, and now we'll really focus on gifts for grace, right? And you tear things off and you bring them back, and that's the most fun we can do. I'm afraid to take one more question because I'm going to be in trouble if I do. I was like, people said, you know, what's the matter with your watch? Not working? Quarter till. Okay, so it's, it's already past that. Next week, I mean, last thing. This really is, this is the practicality of Bible study. All the stuff you learn about the image of God and living as community, it finds itself in these details. How you manage, Ernst, Dr. Dr. Ernst Bommel at Cambridge, once pulled me aside over champagne and strawberries just before the May Balls and said, Mr. Bruzek, it is the details that will make you a famous man. You know, now there is, spoken like a good German, of course, uh, which is true. He was a genius of a guy. He was at Munster and also at Cambridge. I mean, he taught on both faculties. The guy was a genius. He could teach the entire history of the first four centuries of the church from the footnotes in his, in his New Te- Greek New Testament. The guy was a genius. It's how the details work out, how we care for each other in the details. These are the details that you support Carol, that you support Christmas sharing, it's Christmas sharing, that you do gifts for grace, that you come and serve as an usher at the altar, that you're kind to the kid next to you, that you smile at people when they come back from the Eucharist, that you're willing to suggest but not press, that you don't presume for the group, that you realize you're one among many, and yet if you don't act as one among many, you'll never build community. It's all these things together. This is the practicality of being the body of Christ. It really, really is. So anyway, um, thanks. Let's pray. Lord, remember us in your kingdom and teach us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. 
Amen. Thank you so much.